Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson, and after a long two-year break, it's great to be back here again talking to playwrights about their shows. It's also great to be kicking things off with my guest this week, Madri Shaker, whose thought-provoking new play, Queen, is the inaugural production of the NatCo Partnership Project, a new initiative created to promote the work of Asian American theater artists. Queen is currently running in ART New York's Mezzanine Theater through July 1st. Hello, Madri Shaker. Welcome to Broadway Radio. Yay, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's our custom to start off with a brief summary of what the play is about. So would you tell listeners who haven't yet seen it what Queen is about? Queen is about two research scientists who are also best friends. Um, They're women in an ecology program, uh, and they're doing their PhD. So they're in this very cutthroat male-dominated field, and they're studying why honeybees are disappearing and and uh, basically what role pesticides have to play in that. So they're both very passionate about their work, um, very committed to solving this problem. They're about to publish this huge paper that will change their lives, make their careers, and they think will save the world by saving the honeybees. And then on the eve of publication, one of them discovers that the math doesn't quite add up in their paper. And then it leads to kind of an explosive fight between them on what is the right thing to do. And it threatens to destroy not just their careers, but their friendship. So it sounds very dramatic what I just said, but it's also a funny play. So I just want to make that clear. It is. It is. Where did you get the idea for this play? Um, It came from many, many different places. But fundamentally, I wanted to write a play about women in science. I have had many... Uh, friends who are who are women in sciences. I was uh, when I wrote this play. I was roommates with uh, a woman who was doing her PhD in organic chemistry while I was doing my MFA in playwriting. Hmm. And I noticed that the way that she thought about her work, the way that she talked about her work, um, the way that her friends kind of talked and her colleagues all interacted with each other, I was like, this is very similar to how artists exist in the world. This is kind of how. I think about it and obsess about my work and this is kind of the struggles that I go through and and it just makes the whole world of sciences feel a lot less foreign to me. It had all, I had always assumed that like science was beyond me and math was beyond me but then living with her made me realize oh this is actually not uh not that dissimilar from from the way I approach everything. Um so that that was one source of inspiration. And the other thing was I really wanted to write a play about a very close collaborative relationship between two female colleagues and, and best friends because I have female friendships like that with other writers. Um, I had not really seen something like that portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it kind of came from a few places. And the, the subject of honeybees and ecology kind of came when I was asking my my scientist friends is like, hey, what would actually be a topic that might serve a story that I'm trying to write? Um, and so that it kind of came, it 
kind of came about that way. And then once I dived into that world, it just felt so metaphorically rich and resonant. So yeah, it, it, it they came from many different places. That's what I was going to ask you because it seems as though you know so much about that world. What kind of research did you do? It did take a lot of research. And I think when I started writing it, I had no idea how much research I would have to do. And it's probably a good thing I didn't know. Um, <laughs> kind of started just by like talking to friends in, in, the, uh, in the ecology sciences, like uh, people who are doing research on, for instance, like insect populations and things like that. And I had a friend who studied mosquito populations and she used statistical models to figure out answers to questions that she had. I just thought that was so interesting. So I, I kind of just started with started with the characters. I started with the Sunim and Ariel, the two friends. Mm-hmm. And I started just kind of exploring their their passion for, for the problem they were trying to solve. And then as, I, as the story and the characters developed, I, I kept talking to scientists and being like, Wait, well, what would actually happen here? But what are they talking about? What is, what are the actual like parameters of their problem, and and what are the, what would be the obstacles that you would encounter in your line of work to achieve your goal? And the statistics was just a lot of talking to scientists, and I would quickly, quickly like write down what they told me, and I would fit it into the plan. And if you ask me now to explain any of it I, I wouldn't be able to I'm pretty sure I forgot everything as soon as I wrote it out <laughs> but luckily the scientists who have come to see the play they have not had a problem with the stuff so I think they're they're happy to see like the essential vibe and ethos and like characters that of their world you know represented accurately I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the math probably doesn't make a ton of sense for it to sit down and go through the play page by page but you said you started out with the characters, and these two women are very close collaborators and good friends, but they're very different. Would you talk a little bit about how you developed the characters of Ariel and Sanam? Um, gosh, this is a, this feels like such a cop-out answer, but they literally popped into my head. Hmm. And it was a very exciting day when they popped into my head, because I've been circling this play for months, and it couldn't quite crack it and then suddenly uh, these two women popped into my head and it, it just made so much sense. Could you describe them a little bit? Yeah so Sanam is a statistician. She is a PhD student originally from India and she's here in the U.S. you know working on uh, this field of research that's very very complicated which is basically how do you use statistics to study insect populations to study problems in the natural world so it's a very difficult uh, application of math. And so very few people can do it. And so that's what she's interested in. And Ariel is the other scientist who comes from an ecology and a biology background who is passionate about finding out what's killing the bees and how, how to save them. And she also comes from a beekeeping background. Ariel is, is much more of an activist. Like she's really, she wants to save the bees essentially. And Sanam is far more abstract in her head, concerned with like mathematical problems and solutions. And so while she's also equally passionate about this project, for her, the priority is like building a beautiful statistical model that is unlike anything else out there. So they're best friends. And for a long time, they are united in, in their research project. But then when a problem crops up, 
that fundamental difference between how they approach it becomes like a religious divide mm. and really threatens their friendship and their friendship means the world to them. It, it suddenly it's like if you if you and your friend can ever get over something when you realize how differently you see the world from each other. That's one of the things that I found so interesting about your play because it works on so many different levels. Even if you were a person who wasn't well-versed in environmental issues, at the core, it is about a friendship. And it also introduces the whole concept of confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if you talk a little bit about what that is, because I think that applies to a lot of things in the way people think today. I think most people believe that they are rational humans. Mm -hmm. I think most people believe that they look at the evidence available to them and they think critically and they make a judgment based on that. And I think I'd like to have a lot of faith in us that we do do our best to do that. And I think scientists especially have a feeling that, well, this is their entire life's work. Their entire universe is about being rational, scientific looking at evidence and, you know, coming to an answer based on material evidence and not on anything else. But the fact of the matter is that all of us are very, very susceptible to being swayed, to being influenced to to our prejudices and to only noticing the answers that we want to see. Mm. Uh, and that's just, that's just a real thing that happens even in uh, the research sciences. And there's a, there's a term for it. It's called confirmation bias. And that's just really fascinating, right? And it's also kind of scary because you want to, like, what happens when you come to that point where suddenly it's like, wait, I know this is the truth and now you're telling me it might not be the truth? That I, How can I accept that? Especially when you consider yourself intellectual, scientific, rational, on the right side of history, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, so it, it was just really fun to play around with that idea. Now, the play is obviously centered on these two women, but there are two other characters, both men. And mm-hmm. I was interested also in how you settled on which men and how to bring uh, these two men into the worlds of Sanamanario. One of the other characters is their professor, Philip Hayes, who runs the lab. And, and for, for a PhD student, your professor, like the supervisor of your thesis, they are the sun around which you and your work revolve. Like they have any power over you. And if you have a good relationship with them, that can be incredibly beneficial. But it's all, it can also be very dangerous if they decide that you're not, no longer useful to them. And I, this is something that I've seen happen with my friends who have done PhDs, with my relatives who have done PhDs. So Philip is one of those actors who is incredibly generous, um, incredibly smart, incredibly supportive of his two brilliant female graduate students until suddenly they're not giving him the results that he needs in order to publish this very important paper, in order to get more attention, more funding. So just really fun to see how the women have to like navigate around him. And then the other male characters, maybe one of the my favorite characters I've ever written, and his name is Arvind, and he is a blind date that Sanam goes on. So her parents set her up with this Indian guy, um, and it's one of a long string of Indian men that her parents have set her up with. 
And this guy seems like an absolute nightmare for a glance. He's like a libertarian. He's a finance bro. He's obnoxious. And the date is going terribly until Sanam suddenly realizes that this guy knows statistics and he can actually talk to her about statistics. And she, she starts using him to help her figure out what's going wrong with their research. So then that becomes like this really fun, like he's the one who kind of helps her see her own biases in her research. And it's just infuriating to have somebody on the other end of the political spectrum suddenly point out something that seems very obvious and it's, it's infuriating. And if he happens to be very cute, that makes it very confusing as well. It's a really fun, like thorny, tricky relationship that they have. And uh, I, I love seeing the actors, the actors portrayed. It's, it's just so much fun. You were also very specific uh, about naming real places in your play. Uh, you talk about the University of California at Santa Cruz. They're going to publish in the well-known magazine Nature. They want to take on the company Monsanto. Why did you decide to be so specific? Often in plays, names are made up, but you just went right straight at it. Well, because the problem in the play is not science fiction, it's real. It's, it's extremely real. And the people working on it are extremely real. I think that when you, you use nom de plumes or you use kind of fake names, nodding towards real things, it just takes you out of our world for a little bit and it makes you start to wonder, okay, well, how much of this is made up by the author? How much of this is invented for dramatic purpose? So nobody stopped me from naming Monsanto. You know, the uh, Concord, which publishes this play, didn't have a problem with it. Nobody said, hey, you got to take that out or you might be sued. Knock, knock on wood. So, you know, I just I just went ahead and, and put the actual company that actually makes these pesticides. You know, like the University of Santa Cruz, I that happened because I happened to visit it with my aunt who did her PhD at University of Santa Cruz. And it was such a beautiful campus. And the thing that I loved about it was that it had these extremely modernistic uh, buildings full of glass and steel and it was very like contemporary architecture but it was set among the redwoods so it was this incredible blend of like modernist kind of science and very very ancient nature and I just thought oh that feels like the play decided okay they're in Santa Cruz and nature is a real journal and so when when people who know what nature means when they hear it the stakes of the play just feel real you don't have to sit there and wonder, okay, if, if they're saying that this is the journal ecology, like what are they actually talking about, you know? This is real. It was really refreshing to have a play with a, a Central Asian character where the play is not about racial identity. But this play does deal with class and I wonder why you decided to introduce that element. Because it's also something that I've noticed. Most of the Indian PhD science scientists who come to this country tend to be upper middle class because those are the people who have the resources to get an education that allows them a visa to come to America. So it's just one of those things where it's like, and so I just knew who Sanam was. I just knew, okay, that's the kind of person she is. That's, that's the kind of class background she comes from. And Ariel is based on uh, somebody I met, like an actual scientist. And she, uh, similar to the character, was a single mom, had an unconventional entry into academia, 
was older than her class, you know, than her peers. And I just loved her. And I thought she was so cool. She is working class and she's kind of clawed her way into academia. And I just loved this, loved how complicated it makes it, right? Because you have somebody who's working class, but white, and you have somebody who's upper middle class, but brown and, and a foreigner. And they both have such different points of privilege. And you'll kind of see it, you know, unfold in its own way over the course of the play. And I just loved it. It's just, and it's just, you know, it's just real. It's just kind of how our world is, you know. Nobody's just one thing. Exactly. This play is the inaugural production of a new initiative, the NATCO Partnership Project. Could you talk a little bit about what the project is and how significant it is to you? It's an incredible honor to be to be the first out of the gate um, for this for this new project. I just think NATCO has had such a brilliant idea, right? Like their goal is to increase um, the visibility of Asian Americans on stage, to increase the opportunities for Asian American playwrights uh, in the American theater ecosystem. And so, what they're doing is they're they're co-producing uh, plays by Asian American playwrights with um, major Lord theaters around the country, and it's just such a simple, genius, brilliant way to help make that goal happen just by saying, hey, we'll come in as a partner, we'll pool our resources, we'll pool our money and make it, make it possible for more productions to happen. You know, this is my first off-Broadway production. I've been working as a playwright for a decade and I've been lucky enough to be produced in many regional theaters across the country. But this is my first actual off-Broadway production, and it happened because of this partnership. And it's a big deal. You know, it's a major milestone for my career. So I'm just I'm just really glad that they, they found me and they found this place. Yeah, I'm really looking at seeing what they do, what they do next. Well, I, I know that theater uh, lovers who go and see this play will be grateful that the partnership found you and your play and we'll hope that we see more from you. So thank you for the play and thank you for taking the time to talk with us about it. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you liked it. And thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back next time and that you'll consider supporting this show and all the other Broadway radio podcasts with a contribution via our Patreon page. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can find the page and some extras at patreon.com slash broadwayradio.